Welcome back to Throne Hands. Uh, I'm Jacob Janowski. Alongside me is Daniel Woods. Daniel, how are you doing? I'm doing great, man. How about you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I think our Wi-Fi is better this time, so I don't think we'll have as many delays and such. Did you see uh, – uh, who was it? I can't remember his name. Uh, I got to look this up first because I saw – I'm sure you saw this on ESPN's MMA. Uh, oh, Mike Perry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> did you see what he did? I didn't. I like, I don't know. He was all, huh, maybe I could share this on my screen, but this dude is like, I don't know. He jacked himself up pretty bad. I don't know what he did, but I don't know. We'll see. Uh, yeah, it's, I don't know. He, he People are saying like he needs help or something. I don't know. I feel bad for him already, but, you know, he like, I could probably just show you through my, my screen, but. Let me see where uh, I find it. Yeah, go ahead and find it. But he's still fighting on Saturday, so looks like he didn't hurt himself that badly. But I don't know. It, it's really weird. It's really weird. That's uh, that's a yeah. This is. I mean, he's got like cuts like, all over his hand, and like his forehead split open. Is, uh... Looks like he got put his hand in a blender. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man. He he needs help. That's what some people are saying. I don't know. He people are saying he should stop fighting. I don't know. Maybe that's the right 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 way to go, but we're going to get into some fights. So the first one we'll be, we'll be going over is uh I believe a fl- a f- flyweight or strawweight a flyweight fight, I believe. Um let me check it once. Let me check again, but I'm pretty sure it's a flyweight fight. But uh, we got, um, yes, flyweight. Uh, Roxanne Modafferi versus Lauren Murphy. What do you have on uh, Modafferi style? Well, she's uh, so far in the UFC, 24 and 17. So she's really experienced. Uh, one of the more experienced women's fighters we've seen. And 61% of her fights have gone to a decision. Uh, her average fight time is almost 16 minutes. So she's definitely going to look to probably stretch this fight out against Lauren Murphy, somebody uh, who's got a serious history of knocking people out. Uh, she does have some knockouts under her belt, a few submissions as well, uh, but she's a, a very durable fighter. She wouldn't have 41 professional fights under her belt if she wasn't. Uh, but that's, that's the way I look at it with her. She's a pretty well-rounded fighter. Uh, but as far as this goes, her, her durability, her stamina is her best trait. Yeah, it definitely is. And I think her uh, takedown percentage, I'm, I'm bring, pulling it up quite soon here, but her takedown percentage uh, doesn't reflect her ability on the ground. She has a, a black belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. She has a karate background, a brown belt in judo. But like you said, she loves to take it to decision. And I think that's where she'll have her advantage when we go to the keys of the game keys for the fight but 
she's quite slow on the feet and with her hands, so her best bet would probably probably be to uh, to bring it to the ground. Yes, uh, 19% takedown actually, 41% takedown defense, but I'm pretty sure she only tries 0.94 per minute, per 15 minutes, but her advantage will definitely be on the ground in this one. And on to Lauren Murphy style, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu purple, purple belt. She uh, got into MMA when she uh, took her son to Jiu-Jitsu class. She just fell in love with it. And But she's a pretty decent striker, like you said. So what, what's your thoughts on uh, Murphy? Yeah, she's she's got, a like you said, a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu background. That's where she started out. But she has no submission wins or losses. She really does not like to go to the ground. She's 12 and four. Eight of those wins have come by knockout, four by decision, and all four of her losses have come by decision. So in a fight like this, taking on Roxanne Motiferi, I think she's going to probably be hunting a knockout here, try to keep it on the feet. Uh, she has kind of been up and down through her UFC career. Uh, she debuted the UFC back in August of 2014, lost her first two fights, uh, and then uh, took two out of her next four, including a loss to Caitlin Chikagian. Uh, but she's coming off back-to-back wins, including one against Andrea Lee at uh, UFC 247. So she's she can finish fights by knockout, and I think that's the way she should go uh, here with Roxanne Modafferi. Uh, but like you said, she hasn't done it by submission, but she has that background, and she has four sub- or four decision wins in 16 fights. She's a pretty well-rounded fighter uh, with some knockout power, especially. Yeah, definitely. So I think the keys for uh. Laura Murphy here is uh, definitely keep it standing. I don't think it would be in her interest at all to bring it to the ground, especially with a person with a brown belt in judo and a black belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Uh, I don't know if you have anything to add to that, but I think I pretty much just summed it up. Yeah, that's that's exactly what I was going to say. And for uh, Moda Ferry, it's get it to the ground, and I think definitely flatten her out so she can't really get up along the fence or um, along the cage or try to stand it up again. If she flattens, if she gets her flat on her back, she has no chance of using her striking against her. What do you have to add to that? That's the thing I would have to agree with. Smother her on the ground, uh, control on the ground, gain points that way, because she's not going to really have any chance, I would say, keeping it on the feet with Lauren Murphy. I mean, she can handle herself fine. Uh, but she's she's definitely not going to be the superior fighter there. I would say get this one to the ground, stretch the fight out over multiple rounds, and try and finish this in the end. Not finish yeah. it in the end, but finish it by decision. Yeah. All right. So my prediction for the fight, I think Motiferi wins it uh, by dis- by uh, submission. What do you think? I'm going to take Lauren Murphy in a knockout. Uh, she's coming off back-to-back wins, some some substantial wins. So that's that's where I'm going with this one. All right, good to know. Wrote that down so we can compare like we, we've now started to do. So on to another intriguing fight, I think. We have uh, Miller versus Roosevelt Roberts. Now, this is as big as the discrepancy of experiences you can get besides, uh, who was it, Hooper and Caceres uh, a couple weeks ago. Miller has 34 UFC fights under his belt, while Roberts has uh, four, I believe. So this is going to be a really interesting test for Roosevelt Roberts. And so what's your thoughts on the style of Miller? Well, as far as Jim Miller goes, he's a smaller fighter. I mean, uh, Roosevelt Roberts is a big fighter for this division at six foot two, uh, but Miller is only five foot eight. Uh, So I think this fight's going to be fought on the ground. Both of these guys, most of their professional wins have come by submission. 
and I think uh, that's where we're gonna where we're gonna see this fight decided. Jim Miller, uh, of course, one of the most experienced fighters, as you said, thirty four UFC fights and under his belt. That's that's really impressive to have that kind of longevity. Uh, and he's a really good fighter on the ground. He's he's well built. He's a compact fighter at five foot eight, and he's really strong. Uh, so uh, he's he's been around the block. He knows exactly what he's doing, and he knows how to finish guys on the ground. He's a seven time fight of the night winner, uh, three time submission of the night winner. So he's he's a very experienced fighter. And Roosevelt Roberts is a guy that likes to go to the ground. He's going to have to be careful with Jim Miller because he matches up really well with that. Yeah, for sure. And like you said, he likes to create fireworks with those uh, fight of the nights and submission of the nights uh, in his UFC career. A uh, little background on him, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt, Division One in wrestling. So like you said, ground is his game for sure. And on to Roosevelt Roberts, uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt. He, he, can, he can go anywhere like we saw against uh, – I forget his name. His name is Brock, but a couple weeks ago got the rear naked choke, but he can knock you out. And that's the scary part about him. He's very aggressive. He likes the ground game and he likes submissions, but he can knock you out. What are your thoughts on Roosevelt Roberts? I really like Roosevelt Roberts as a, as a prospect in this division because he is a Brazilian jiu-jitsu back, black belt. That's what his background is in. Uh, but like you said, he can get it done on the feet too. He's a really long, fluid athlete. Like I said earlier, he's six foot two. He's in terms of height, he's huge uh, for this division. So I think he's got some advantages. Uh, Jim Miller is is pretty long for a guy who's five foot eight. He's not that far down in terms of uh, either arm or leg reach. But I think Roosevelt Roberts, uh, with that advantage, will be able to use that on the feet. And it's, it's very interesting to see how this fight's going to go because it's going to be a matter of a more finesse ground style with Roosevelt Roberts, a true jiu-jitsu fighter, uh, taking on Jim Miller, who's more of a wrestler but does have the jiu-jitsu to be able to finish people. Yeah, like you said about the reach discrepancy, Roosevelt Roberts only has a two-inch reach advantage on Jim Miller with his 73-inch reach advantage against Jim Miller's 71-inch reach. And Roosevelt Roberts is a 41-inch leg reach compared to Robert to Miller's 40-inch leg reach. So, like you said, the discrepancy is pretty much negated with the reaches. And so, I think the key for Miller is definitely control the pace. Roosevelt Roberts likes to go fast and very quick and aggressive. And I think if uh, Jim Miller can slow down the pace, I think he can definitely turn the tides of this fight toward him. And he definitely has to maintain top position. Do not get, uh, do not get submitted because uh, Roosevelt Roberts really likes that rear naked choke. What do you have to add to that? I was just about to say the same exact thing. Jim Miller, the biggest thing for him is going to be top control here because Roosevelt Roberts, as we've seen in the past, is so quick on the ground, so quick setting up submissions, and that rear naked choke is nasty. So for Jim Miller, again, use that wrestling background. Roosevelt Roberts is six foot two, but to stay in this division, he's pretty slight uh, at, at his weight. So Jim Miller's pretty much ripped. He's cut at five foot eight. He's got a lot of power in his body. And I think he, he can use that wrestling background, kind of wear Roosevelt Roberts down on the ground, keep him uh, from even having the, the kind of energy to so quickly go for these submissions that we've seen him kind of pull out of nowhere uh, in his previous fights and, and dominate that way. Yeah, definitely. And I think the keys for Roosevelt Roberts is push the pace and definitely uh, control the fight and use a slight length advantage wherever he can. What do you have to say? 
Uh, yeah, he's going to – I think his biggest thing, he's got to wear, wear Jim Miller out again. It's, it's tough to say that uh, outside of maybe the heavyweight division that anybody in the MMA doesn't have – or in the UFC, that really any professional MMA fighter doesn't have the cardio to keep up with people. That's not something that you can say about anybody in the UFC. But I think Roosevelt Roberts, uh, with what he has to do – at his size to stay in this weight class has to have outstanding conditioning just to stay in this kind of shape. So he's going to have an advantage in, in that case in terms of stamina over Jim Miller, who is, as I said, a really built guy, a big bodied guy. So I think like you said, Roberts needs to, needs to push the pace and he needs to pick his spots going to the ground because Jim Miller is experienced enough. He's going to be able to read certain things when Roosevelt Roberts goes for a takedown, if he's not careful and I think that's the biggest thing is pick his spots when it goes to the ground. I think it will finish on the ground, but I think Roberts needs to be careful when he goes for that opportunity. Yeah, definitely. I think that ties in definitely Jim Miller's experience, 34 UFC fights. He's seen everything under the blue moon. He know he's seen pretty much everything. So I think Roosevelt Roberts has to be very, very smart and tactical in this fight. So what are your predictions for this fight? I mean, Roosevelt Roberts as a prospect, I think, is is really dangerous with this in this division, especially like we've we've harped on so long. He's six foot two in terms of height. He's absolutely massive to be in this division. To be in this division, so I think he, at one fifty five, he's he's pretty dangerous, and I think he keeps that streak going here with Jim Miller. Yeah, okay. I, I respect that decision, but I think experience will prevail this weekend. And I got Jim Miller winning this uh, by decision. What was, how'd you say Roberts was going to win? I'll, t- I'll take Roosevelt Roberts by submission. I think he gets it done there. All right. Nothing would surprise me with Roosevelt Roberts. I'm excited for this guy coming up. All right. So to another women's fight uh, this weekend, we have... Raquel Pennington versus Marion Renault in a women's bantamweight clash. Uh, these Pennington is ranked sixth and Renault is ranked tenth in this division. So, Daniel, what do you have for me on uh, Raquel Pennington? Well, she's she's kind of been up and down throughout her career as far as wins and losses go. Uh, she she is as far as as finishes go, really really more of a submission uh, finisher. Three of her 10 wins have come by submission, uh, but she's got the ability to stretch fights out. Uh, she's uh, won six of her 10, six of her 10 wins, I should say, uh, have come by decision. Uh, she's got a, a pretty diverse background uh, going back to amateur MMA uh, back when she started out in 2009, but 18 professional fights, she's 10 and eight. I don't think her record, really reflects who she is as a fighter. Uh, but coming into this one, I think she's going to be pretty hungry. This is kind of a bounce back fight for both of these women. Pennington has lost three of her last four. Renault's coming back to back losses uh, right when it looked like she was kind of, kind of pushing up through that division to, to maybe be a real contender someday. Uh, but ever since, uh, ever since Raquel Pennington lost, to Amanda Nunes in a challenge for the Bantamweight title. She's just not really been, and since then lost a unanimous decision to uh, Jermonda Randami, 
Uh, and then uh, her only win since then is a split decision over Irene Aldana, and she lost a unanimous decision to Holly Holm back in January. She's a really talented fighter, and she she has the ability to be a challenger in this bantamweight division. She's just got to get back on track. Yeah, for sure. I definitely have to agree with that. Yeah, she's been on a little uh, cold streak lately. Her uh, wins loss, if you put her wins and losses on a chart, it'd look like a heart rate monitor. So I think uh, she she has to use a little bit of a boxing background. She has to get in the – she gets in the pocket a lot, and I think that's good. And she also likes to clinch. Like you said, that's how she prolongs – I think that's how she prolongs the fight. And for Renault, she likes – she's she has a Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt, blue belt in Muay Thai, so she knows she knows striking quite well, She but she likes to knock you out, but she can't submit with that uh, – Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt background. What do you have on Renault? She's definitely a finisher. She has only had one win by decision, and all five of her losses in her career have come by decision. And then eight of her nine wins have been by knockout or submission. She's going to be looking to finish this one and probably finish it early. Uh, like you said, she she really likes to go for that knockout with the Muay Thai background, but she does have an outstanding ground game as well. And that's, I think, seen in, in how diverse her finishes in her career have been. I mean, you go back, she's you got a triangle choke finish in her last win against Sarah McMahon. That's been over two years ago that she's won a fight. She's only had two fights since then, and she hasn't fought in over a year. Uh, but, you know, triangle choke finishes, TKOs, punches and elbows. She really likes that triangle choke. That's, that's where she kind of uh, has, has her go-to on the ground. So... She's, she's definitely a fighter that wants to finish early, which I think is an interesting comparison of Raquel Pennington, who, like you said, will probably look to prolong this fight in the clinch, uh, kind of dirty this one up. I really like this matchup of styles. I think this is going to be a really good fight. Yeah, for sure. So I think my keys for Raquel Pennington is uh, ground and pound, try to submit and maintain top control because Marion Renault loves to knock you out. And, Yes, her takedown actually is only 28%, but she has great takedown defense, so she won't be in much uh, uh, trouble with Renault trying to take her down. And I think, I, think, I think that pretty much sums it up for me. What do you have? Yeah, that just about covers it uh, as far as that goes. She's a, a really talented fighter. Uh, both of these fighters are, have a lot of talent, and they're, they've both looked really good, like, people, like fighters that could uh, compete at the top of this division. I mean, nobody's really going to compete with Amanda Nunes. I think we can both agree on that. Uh, but they look like fighters that could be title challengers at some point in the past, and they've just had a streak of bad luck, both of them, in their last few fights. Yeah, and I think – so on to Keith Furuno. Um, I think it's pretty simple. Keep it on the feet, trying to knock her out. What do you have? Absolutely. Uh, she can't let Raquel Pennington dirty this fight up. Uh, like you said, if she gets into the clinch, uh, then Pennington's definitely going to have the advantage there uh, because she's so well-versed in really uh, anything you could want in, in a UFC octagon. So keep this one on the feet, use the Muay Thai background, finish it there. Yep. So predictions, what do you have for me, Daniel? I am going to take Raquel Pennington to get back on track, get back into the title challenger picture and maybe someday challenge Amanda Nunes again and probably get beat. <laughs> All right. I have the same thing. I have, I have Pennington by decision. Are you going decision two? Yes. Okay. I'll go with the decision as well. All right. Cool. All right. So you and I both have the same thing there. 
All right, on to the co-main event of the evening. Pretty excited for this one. I think it'll be a good one. We have Josh Emmett versus Shane Burgos, uh, an 8-versus-10 matchup. Uh, so, Daniel, what do you have for me on uh, Josh Emmett? Uh, this, is, this is a really interesting fight. It's kind of a, a moving night kind of fight in the, in the featherweight division. Uh, Josh Emmett, definitely a, a guy that's going to be looking for a knockout. Uh, he's 15-2, he's and two, 40% of his wins of those 14 wins have come by KO, but he's a, he's a talented guy. He's, he's obviously uh, as a professional has an outstanding record, uh, but the, the striking is where he's going to come into his own. He's, he's 35, so he's not exactly uh, inexperienced, but he's not really been around the block that long. He's been in the UFC since 2016, but he, he's at his best on his feet. He's got a couple submission wins, but that's not really where he's going to look to go. And he's coming off four straight knockout wins. So that's, that's kind of how he's risen the rankings. I'd expect him to do, try to do the same on set. Yeah, for sure. And I think, I think Sorry, with uh, four, four of three of his last four wins have been by, by knockout. That's, that's my mistake. Good to know. All right. So I think my keys for Josh Emmett are, I think definitely, no, not keys, his style, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu purple belt, NIA wrestler, lots of movement, and he changes his level a lot. So he, he's very uh, shifty on the feet. He advances, and he likes to get into the pocket. So Shane Burgos' style, he's a showman MMA black belt. It's basically karate MMA. Diverse finishing ability. He's pretty cocky. I was watching some of his film yesterday, but he keeps great distance with, with his with his feet and his uh, six foot three and a half reach. So what, what's your take on uh, Shane Burgos? Uh, I, I kind of have to agree with you there. He's, he's really talented 13 and one. And like you said, he's a great fighter uh, on the feet uh, as a result of that background uh, with, with karate and such, uh, but he does have some submission finishes earlier in his career. Uh, some, some rear naked choke and some guillotine finishes. Uh, but like you said, ever since he's been in the UFC, he's really been uh, been more dominant on his feet. He had an arm bar finish against uh, Kurt Holabaugh in 2018, but that's been about it. Uh, he's he's been off since November, so this is this is kind of uh, his chance to to really take out somebody in that top ten. Uh, him sitting there with a number ten ranking, Josh Emmett uh, being somebody a little bit more experienced. I think Shane Burgos uh, will try to stand and fight with him. And I think this is going to be a really exciting fight, maybe a fight of the night candidate, because these are two guys that can really, really do it on the feet, really go at each other. Yeah, for sure. And I think, so the keys for Josh Emmett, I think it's get to the ground. Uh, just eliminate that reach completely. He, as Emmett likes to get in the pocket, it's not a problem for him to maybe get hit a couple times on the way in. So what are your keys for Josh Emmett? Uh, like you said, I think get in close, uh, kind of knock down that reach advantage. But again, he likes to likes to fight right in the pocket, uh, like you said. Again, but a five five and a half re- inch reach advantage is a, a big difference uh, for these two guys. So Josh Emmett, he's he's got to be careful when he gets in close, but I think he'll be fine uh, as far as that goes. Uh, so like you said, get in the pocket, make make Burgos fight in tight, take away that reach advantage. Yeah, and the thing for Burgos is use reach, keep the distance, and keep it on the feet. That's what I got. You have anything different? <laughs> that's that's exactly what I was gonna say. You got a five and a half inch reach advantage. Use it. All right. So, what are your predictions? You know, these are two guys that are kind of trying to separate themselves in in the rankings here. 
but Shane Burgos has won his last three fights. He's he's looked really good uh, in that time. He's shown he can shown he can go the distance uh, with his last two fights going late into the third round. One of them going to a decision against Cub Swanson. I'll take him here, and I will say he will knock Josh Emmett out. You know, I'm saying the same thing. Shane Burgers by knockout. All right, so on to the main event of the evening: Alexander Volkov versus Curtis Blades in a heavyweight bout, three versus number seven in the rankings. Very, very uh, good fight coming up here. So, what do you have for me on uh, Mr. Blades? Curtis Blades is one of my favorite fighters in this uh, in this heavyweight division, and really uh, in the UFC as a whole. He was a, a multi-sport athlete. Northern Illinois University ended up transferring to a lower level eventually. Uh, won a junior college national championship after that. And he's just a, a really talented fighter on on his feet. He hasn't finished anybody on the ground, but he does have that wrestling background. He's got a ton of power in his hands. And he's just re- a really aggressive fighter when it comes to, to just getting out there and throwing bombs. He's an extremely, uh, extremely powerful fighter, big-bodied guy uh, who, can, who can throw – shots that'll put your lights out really quick i really like curtis blades i really like what he brings to the ufc yes pretty much same for me man uh like you said ncaa d1 wrestler moved moved down to uh juco i believe he has a, he has a weird awkward up and down movement keeps the keeps the opponent on his toes aggressive unorthodox striking but it works can't really complain there and on the volkov style karate combat karate black belt uh another different type of karate black belt and he has a brown belt in brazilian jiu-jitsu he has it's what's interesting he's three inches taller but uh same reach slight leg reach advantage by an inch and a half so i think i don't know he's basically a striker but he, he can hold his own on the ground what do you think yeah, that's that's what stood out to me as well. He's got a really long track record, 38 professional fights already at the age of, I believe, 31. And he's he's a guy that has has fought some of the best the UFC heavyweight division has seen in the recent years. He's just not really been able to jump up to that next level. Uh, he's beaten Fabricio Ferdum. He's beaten Stefan Struve. He's beaten Tim Johnson. He just hasn't quite been able to make that jump. Uh, but he's got every every ability to do it he's a really big guy he's really long and he uses that to advantage to his advantage when it comes to his striking uh, so i i like volkov i i think uh, he's he's certainly somebody that deserves to be where he is ranked and i think he's got the talent to be one of the better uh, heavyweight fighters in the ufc uh, for the next couple of years yeah definitely so i think uh, the keys for uh, Volkov is uh, definitely keep it standing and use his striking ability and his reach, even though they have the same reach, but just just keep the length. Use your kicks, slight kick, uh, leg reach advantage. What do you have for Volkov's keys? I, I have to say the same thing. Uh, kind of keep blades at a distance. Uh, they they both have, have varying striking styles. Like you said, blades is a little bit unorthodox. Uh, but I think Volkov, the biggest thing, Use, uh, like you said, use his long legs, that kind of thing. Uh, keep, uh, keep Curtis Blades out of his face uh, for most of this fight. Keep it at a distance. 
probably try to extend it as long as he can. I don't think this one goes to a decision, but I think the longer this fight goes, the more of an advantage Volkov has. Yes, definitely. I have to agree. So what are your keys for Curtis Blades? Honestly, get in tight on Volkov. Make him uncomfortable. Uh, we've talked about the reach advantage uh, with, with the legs that Volkov has, but the, the reach is even at 80 inches for both of these guys. So Blades is, is uh, 15 pounds heavier. So I think get in tight with, with Volkov. Probably get him. I think Curtis Blades may, may want to go to ground and pound here because Volkov really not great on the ground. He, he can do enough. To, to kind of handle himself. But I think if Blades can, can sting him, get him to the ground somehow, and, and go to some ground and pound, that may be his best bet here. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. Use your, he has to use his wrestling uh, background, you know, maybe it was, you know, 10 years ago, but, you know, he hasn't used it too much, but he definitely can use this to his advantage here against a very, very talented and refined striker like Alexander Volkov. So my predictions for this fight, I got Blades by KO. Uh, I think he'll do to end it on the ground with ground and pound. What do you have? Uh, prediction. Curtis Blades. I think Curtis Blades takes this one in a TKO. Uh, hammer fist, punches, elbows, something on the ground. Yep. I said the same thing. All right. So to some UFC news, uh, we're going to start off with a, a really interesting matchup that's uh, come up lately. Derek Lewis is expected to face Alexei Olenek on August 8th at Fight Night 176. This is a pretty big step up for Alexei Olenek. What do you think? This is, this is an interesting fight for both guys because Alexei Olenek, again, has, is one of the longest tenured fights, not just in the UFC, but really in, in MMA around the world right now. Uh, so him getting a shot against somebody like Derek Lewis is really interesting. I think this is probably something that's going to be seen as a little bit more of a holdover fight for Derek Lewis. Uh, wait, for, wait for somebody else a little higher in the rankings to be to be available for him to fight this more. It's going to be a really exciting fight. Alexi Olenek in his last fight showed some things that uh, even as old as he is, we've never seen in his game before. So I think uh, this is a really interesting fight. Olenek has proven he's just getting better with age. So I think it's, it's something that is a really interesting fight because a lot of people are going to come in and keep himself in the, in the title conversation uh, as Francis Ngannou kind of holds down that number one contendership. For Alexiolinic, this is a little bit of a test to see enough to uh, to be considered a little bit more of a contender. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I, I I agree with everything you said there. Um, Derek Lewis is probably one of the most interesting fighters. It always looks like he's going to lose at some point in the fight. Like like he did like he did against Volkov. He was toast. It looked like then all of a sudden pops out with the win. So I don't know. Maybe it will be the same story. So, to some Fight Island news. Exciting stuff here. Whitaker versus Till on Fight Island on uh, July, 20, July 25th. What, what's your thoughts on this one? I think, I'm, I think we, we talked about this um, after the Adesanya-Romero fight about uh, something like this. What do you, what's, what's your thoughts on this? I think this is going to be 
an outstanding fight. I love both of these fighters. Uh, they're two two guys that, uh, as as far as as watching fights, it's these are two of my favorite guys to watch in the UFC, and they're both guys that, as it stands right now, in the in the middleweight division, are trying to kind of define themselves as top level contenders. Obviously, Robert Rodiker's been there before. Uh, but Darren Till's been on a tear since moving back uh, to middleweight earlier in 2019. Uh, so I think – or well, he's not really been on tear. He's only had one fight, but he was really impressive against Calvin Gastelum. Uh, so I think these two guys uh, both are trying to set themselves in this division. I think they're both going to come into it really hungry, and I think it's, it's going to be really exciting to see. Yeah, for sure. I I have to agree there. Um, I I'm excited for this fight as well because it could be a little uh title eliminator for the for the title. I believe this is this will be a middleweight fight, so I think that this will definitely be a worthwhile title eliminator. So another fight island uh fight we have here. It's uh Calvin Cater versus Dan Ige. Um, I don't know. I thought Calvin Cater would have fought and would have fought somebody a little higher in the division. Maybe uh, oh, I don't know. Not not he he beat Jeremy Stevens last time in an impressive fashion with that elbow and then some ground and pound. So uh, under that featherweight division, maybe like a Yaya Rodriguez or a Chance Young, Young. That's who I thought he was going to fight next. What's your thoughts on this? I think these two guys are are very talented fighters who are are trying to separate themselves as legitimate future contenders in this division. I think uh, Dan Ige was, was really impressive the last time we saw him out. And as you said, uh, Cater against Jeremy Stevens uh, really surprised some people with the, the viciousness of that knockout. Uh, these are two guys that, that have a chance to uh, really skyrocket through 2020, uh, take advantage of, of the, the circumstances that they're working in right now, and, and really separate themselves as the future of this division. I think this is going to be – a fight that in the future we can look back on and kind of say this is this is where either Calvin Cater or Dan Ige really started a rise to the top uh, as far as uh, title contendership goes. Oh, yeah. Ooh. Ooh. Snap time. All right. On to a title fight that's just been added. Um, the vacant flyweight division uh, title fight has been scheduled on fight line for July 18th. We have... Dave Vesson Figueroa versus Joseph Benavidez. They have some unfinished business. This is going to be a very exciting fight, in my opinion. What's your thoughts on this one? I am really excited for this fight, almost solely because it means the flyweight division will not die. Uh, honestly, it, it looked like uh, the first time these guys were supposed to fight, uh, it was it was supposed to be for this vacant title uh, to come back in after after it was vacated by Henry Cejudo and really reestablish the flyweight division is something uh, that, that really is, is an outstanding uh, part of the UFC. Uh, but then you come into that fight, and then uh, Davis and Figueredo comes in overweight and then wins the fight, and nobody gets the UFC flyweight title. The division has been getting thinner and thinner over the years, and it's, it's really frustrating to see because there are some really talented fighters in this division in the past and you want to see it be successful, uh, but it looked like it was on its on its last breaths at one point uh, earlier in 2020, 
But to see these guys, they're going to get back out. They're going to run it back again. Hopefully both of them can come in underweight and we can get a legitimate title fight uh, to fill this flyweight vacancy. And then the division can go from there. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'm hopeful as well. Daniel, any final thoughts? Nothing really comes to mind. I feel like I'm saying this at the end of end of every episode now, but we're getting more and more fights rolled out for this summer. It's a really exciting, a really exciting time to be a UFC fan. Yes, it is. Another title fight on the in the near future. Whitaker versus Till, title eliminator. It's looking good this summer. Daniel, thanks for coming back on. Always, always a pleasure. Always enjoying the enjoy doing these with you. All right, guys. We will see you back yes, for the review of Fight Night, Blades vs. Volkov. Peace out, y'all.